0: doing it no more shady business rituals essential for women 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust get 25 percent off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today that's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25 percent off do you ever need to send money internationally From Aruba to Spain to France to Sweden, this process has been crucial in my life lately as I travel through Europe. Let me tell you about this new, smarter and cheaper way to send money internationally. TransferWise. While there may be a ton of ways to get your money from A to B, those transfers will most likely cost you much more than they should. A lot more. And it's the old way. But TransferWise uses clever new technology that gives you a great exchange rate at a low fee. The founders of TransferWise, Tavit and Christo, were just like you and me, frustrated by their banks' bad exchange rates and high fees from international transfers. They wondered what if they could bypass the banks all together. So they built TransferWise. That was a whole seven years ago. Today, more than 2 million people use TransferWise. There are people sending money back home, businesses paying their suppliers, freelancers getting paid. The list goes on and on. You can add yourself to that list today. Put some more money in your pocket for the more important things in life. Because no one ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra money. Test it out for free at TransferWise.com slash podcast or download the app. Once again, that's TransferWise.com slash podcast. TransferWise, the wise way to send money. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am right now, in this moment, I am on such a high... <laughs> I feel so absolutely energetically like all over the place. I'm flying high right now, uh, trying to figure out what to do to bring me back to earth. <laughs> so um, maybe we'll start today's podcast just the same way we started last week's podcast, except from a completely opposite reason. Let's all take a deep breath. So in through the nose, full inhale. Through the mouth, let it go. Could this be just what we do every week? Just, just we sit here and breathe together. Actually, it's sort of what we do. I mean, it's kind of, kind of the business I'm in. It's kind of what I do for a living. Is is <laughs> breathing together with other human beings also trying to breathe. What a day it is, you guys. What a life it is. I can't. I, I don't even know where to start right now. I, I've had one of those days or one of those weeks where I just, I, I'm so busy. And then I'm, I, t- I say that sentence out loud, you know, the idea of busyness, like we all like to be people that are busy, that stay busy throughout the day. There's something a little bit glorified about being super busy, like all the time, like we work so hard and we have family life and we, you know, we fill our days up with stuff and we feel accomplished when we're busy. I don't know if being busy is necessarily a really good thing. I, I, I'm i trying to get away from that that sentence overall, like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, because it can become this thing that we repeat to ourselves again and again. But what does it bring us? What are we affirming uh, every time we say stuff like that? Like, oh, I'm so busy right now. Sort of what we're affirming is, at least in my book, being busy is that feeling of like, ah. Oh, you know barely keeping up kind of we fill our days with stuff we don't really have space to settle down and rest in between and being really busy or overly busy is is not catching up with this um yeah with this idea of life so i want to move away from the the idea of busyness and just dive into doing right and there's different levels of doing um i can be in a level of doing when i'm just sitting on the couch Uh, with my phone in my hand, like answering a question, like that could be doing. Um, Doing could also be like running across town, taking 5,000 meetings and sending out a gazillion emails and, you know, it's just doing on another level. It's more about the energy we bring into the doing, right? I mean, there can be doing when I'm just sitting with a baby. Being, but there's also doing in that. So I'm gonna. I'm really working on, you know, narrowing down this scope of what does it mean to be busy, and do I have to say it all the time? Like, is it bringing me something, or is it taking something away? And why do I get back to that idea again and again? So this week specifically, Dennis was uh, uh, joking the other day because we've been to we've been in Sweden now for I think a couple of weeks. I don't even know what month it is. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I have no clue. Uh, but we've been here for a while. And the first couple of days, I mean, I shared this in last week's podcast. I had a really hard time throughout this journey, like this trip overall, just arriving. I've had this feeling like we've gone places and my body arrives, but it takes a couple of days for my soul to catch up. And then it was time to move again and travel again. So I've, I've had this feeling of, yeah, not really arriving, not really being present in my body for a couple of weeks. So we got to Sweden, we're back in our little apartment, back with friends and family and work. And you know, the the yoga girl team sits here and we have a lot of work, of course, there's a lot of things to immerse yourself in and be busy with. But when we arrived, I really arrived from this place of like total frazzledness, like I didn't really know, you know, (laughs) what is going on? Like, where am I? Who am I? What's happening? So I didn't dive into any type of work at all. I just really gave myself some time and some space to be here and to catch up with my body. Which was the most necessary needed thing ever. Uh, where we live here in in Stockholm, it's actually we're super close to one of the biggest parks uh, in the city. It's just this vast big field. So we've been walking the dogs, Ringo, and then also my mom's dogs every day, going for really long walks with a stroller. I've been running. <laughs> I've been you know actually not practicing that much yoga, but I've been on my mat, thank God. And I've just been kind of in the practice of just doing simple things right so not getting on and off planes and just making my way back home it's been really really a beautiful thing so I had a couple of days of that until I could kind of feel myself arriving back home here now and then of course the moment that happened I'm like okay well I'm going to take a meeting now I'm going to like get back into into work because I have a lot of things to do <laughs> here. So I took this meeting and is and I last time we were in Sweden it was August or September last year so the baby was little and we were sort of in this challenging space of not having really decided fully what we were going to do in terms of our family life and business life as partners uh, as, as a married couple and as parents. So We had this kind of general idea or Dennis thought that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a stay-at-home dad when we had the baby. And then we had the baby and he quickly realized, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, that's not at all what he wants to do, not for him. But we were in this challenging place where I was really busy and I had so many things I really couldn't get away from, but I had to go to work every day. And then he was home with the baby, but she was also small and, you know, at four or five months or whatever, however old she was then, there's not a lot of, you know, super fun things you can do then with a baby now i mean she's she's 14 months she's running all over the place like we take her to the park every day we climb trees we're in swings like talking to other people she has other friends i mean it's really i think specifically for Dennis, right now it's it's a funner time to be with her because she's bigger and she understands and she speaks and it's, it's amazing but anyway so we hadn't really decided that um, then and we were in this really challenging place of okay who's going to be home and he didn't want to be home with her but he kind of had to be home with her so it wasn't super easy for us then and now we're coming back here now and we weren't in Sweden with this idea of work right it wasn't like okay I'm going to go work and you're going to be with the baby all day we just arrived and then it was like hey I'm going to take a meeting this you know tomorrow he's like okay yeah yeah I'll go with the, to the park with Luna or whatever and now it's been like I don't know days since that meeting and this morning and i've been so busy i've been you know, there's that sentence again but that meeting like led into another thing which led into another thing and all of a sudden i'm immersed in to the business of yoga girl group which is what we're calling our, our collection of, of companies and, and our entire team and all of our employees and everybody that's here yoga girl group And that was, you know, days ago. And this morning I was like rushing off to do this thing. I I recorded a podcast, like it's called the Business Podcast. It's the biggest business podcast in in Scandinavia. I think it's a really fun thing. But I was like rushing out the door to do this thing. And then I was like, hey, remember that meeting you took like a week ago? (laughs) It it hasn't ended yet. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's true. Because maybe not a week, maybe five days or something. Because since then, I just it was sort of like I picked something up and I didn't put it back down. So since then, I've been, you know, going from meeting to meeting to filming to recording podcasts to taking interviews to shooting to emails to strategies to, you know, and then I've been kind of up at night after baby sleeps and I'm still going and then we go to dinner and then I come back home and I get back to work. And, and now I'm in this completely different flow than where I was last week. And it's so interesting to me <laughs> The different energy, that energy of of feeling stagnant, which is what I've felt a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and how that just doesn't work for me. It's super. It's it's a very strange. It's like I'm in this dual dual place because one side of me really wants to be still, but being still for me means like I want to be in one place and then there's this other side of me that goes absolutely berserk if nothing happens like I feel really stagnant if I'm not moving energy moving my body and getting things done so I think that's also why I've, I've been feeling a little bit low the past couple of weeks Is I've been I've had this feeling like I'm not I'm not in my level of doing I'm not where I want to be in this doing if that makes sense <laughs> And now that I'm back in it, I absolutely thrive in this space. And it's so, it's so interesting how, you know, this idea of busyness, like I really, 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 truly enjoy it. And I think now because the baby's older and then is having fun with her, you know, these three days, like, or, you know, the the really super crazy days that we just had, um, it hasn't been an issue at all. We haven't had any arguments, like no fighting. Uh, It's just been, it's been super good. And then today, this morning, you know, I had this, this podcast that I did that was really inspiring actually. So it's this Swedish podcast where they invite young or new or, you know, smaller entrepreneurs that they can send in a pitch that they actually play out loud in the podcast. And then they invite different sorts of uh, successful entrepreneurs as guests on the show and they get to listen to these pitches these like kind of business or uh, pitches and give advice and say what you think and then uh, everyone who listens gets to vote on one and then there's this kind of big winner that wins I I think a big I don't know if it's a grant or a prize or something in the end anyway it was really inspiring and just a different sort of podcast for me to do because I like to be in this level in this vibration of also work and the past, yeah, past few months, I haven't really been in that. I've been on the side managing things, but I haven't been like in the trenches with the team, feeling the energy of everything that, that we're doing all the time. So I'm really happy with that. But after this podcast this morning, that I knew I had like a little tiny window of like, okay, I can squeeze in a lunch with the baby and Dennis so I can like hug them. And then I have to, like I'm going to record my podcast and then I have a bunch of meetings. And then of course I came back home. Right. <laughs> I went to lunch, uh, baby decided to eat beet hummus and it's like all over her. Like she looks like she just dipped herself in something red, like her hair, her shorts, like everything is just a giant mess. And then on my way home, I realized, oh shit, like I, I did something wrong with the calendars. There was a meeting I didn't know I had. And then I'm taking that meeting and I'm like walking Ringo and I'm doing all these things. And then I sit down and I'm back in my apartment. Here I am taking my equipment out to record this. And my heart is beating so forking fast. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't, (laughs) I can't, I can't even talk right now. And then I roll out my mat. Here's like my remedy for everything. I sit down, I realize, oh, whoa, this like I'm vibrating with this energy right now. I need to, I need to come back. I need to like arrive here now. So I roll out my mat. I change out of my dress. I take my heels off because I've been wearing heels all day for, I don't know, like a crazy person. And I drop into child's pose and it's just, it doesn't take any time. And that's, for me at least, the true beauty of of the yoga practice. Like it doesn't require, at least for me it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this big ginormous thing that I do every day or that I do several times a week or that I, you know, literally just child's pose. That's it. Child's pose just now completely helped turn my whole vibration around. Like I just, I throw my mat out, I put pants on, throw my mat out and I drop into child's pose and it's like... I get goosebumps now, but I hear Ram Dass in the back of my head, like, oh, and here we all are. <laughs> Do you know that feeling, that feeling of, I don't know, I, I love the first moments of a yoga practice, whether it's a you know full class and it's 90 minutes and it's in a shala with other people, or if it's in between meetings and podcast recordings and this super hectic day life, uh, one pose, there's something about this tool that is yoga that just, it brings us right back home. <laughs> and I would love to invite you know whatever is going on in your life right now wherever you are, are at um use this tool and use it more than you do right now uh, I, I talk to a lot of people and it's like well how often do you practice yoga in which studio do you go to in which teacher do you like you know if if yoga becomes this thing that we check off every week like oh I did my yoga this week you know I, I did three classes or today I did my yoga I was on my mat um incorporate it into the Every day, all the time, as much as you can. I mean, like I'll be on the floor playing with a baby and I'll, I'll find my way into like a stretch or, you know, sit in a shape that just feels good rather than standing there hunched over. Like there's a way for me to take a deep breath and be in my body there. And maybe that turns into like five minutes of something, but it's practice, right? absolutely practice and then I've had this this thing going on now I mean this is I don't know how long this has lasted a couple of days something is definitely and I'm wondering if it's related to me being this idea of busy but uh, baby decided that she's not going to eat anymore (laughs) very exciting stuff Uh, so she's gone from being the easiest eater she eats everything like absolutely everything and yes she's vegan but it's hasn't been you know there's been no issue there at all she just eats everything Um, to like not wanting to eat anything at all like I'll buy her the most delicious thing things that she used to super love Um, like a really sweet smoothie like things that are like you know sweet and delicious she won't even try them so it's more like I don't know if she's testing boundaries if she's it's just like autonomy coming in like her deciding what she does I don't know there's something there I'm sure it's developmental and not a big deal but she's just you know she's kind of a pain when it comes to eating right now and of course, this stresses me out because I want her to eat. I want her to grow. I want her to gain weight. Uh, I had a, a pediatrician when we were in, in, uh, in Aruba, and she's like, wh- what do you call it? The curve or whatever. The curve like that you track babies on when, when they're born. So she was a really huge baby in Aruban standards. Like Aruban babies can be two to three kilos. It's really normal. Um, I don't know in pounds. Ugh, oh, I really don't know. Two to three kilos. Totally normal. She was like 4.2 something. Uh, and they thought she was so fat and so ginormous that they wanted to do special testing on her to make sure that she wasn't like diabetic or that she had some sort of issue. And I was like, well, we're two giant people. Like that is is like 6'4 and I'm 5'8 and, you know, <laughs> I'm Swedish. Like we're tall people. Like she's going to be a big baby. But then she kind of came into this when we stopped breastfeeding, not even when we stopped breastfeeding, I think like four months in or something, she dropped into a more normal space on the curve. Um, But the last time we went there, this lady was like, oh, you know, she's gaining weight pretty well, but I would love her just to get like a little bit fatter. Like next time I see her, I really want her to like go up on the curve a little bit more. And I was like, oh, is something not good? No, she's like, no, she's following the curve. But if she would just go a little bit above it, then it would be even better. I was like, okay. She's like, well, do you feed her a lot of formula? And I was like, well, she's vegan. So, you know, we eat a lot of vegetables and lentils. And like, I mean, we, she, we eat everything. She has a super healthy diet. And this doctor was like, vegan? Oh, No oh no and she was super concerned and she's like very important that next time you come here um, that she has gain and she gave me like a number of how much she should gain and I was like but you said she was following the curve like she's all good she's not losing any weight she's not going down and she was like no but now that I know that she's vegan it's very very important and I know that this is from a place of like you know maybe not knowing a lot or concern or worry or whatever but I decided I'm like okay I'm gonna get this baby so fucking fat (laughs) when we come back to Aruba, this lady is going to be like, oh, <laughs> here we are. Everything is great and everything is normal. And now this like refusing to eat, it's not really going with my plan. So anytime we have any sort of meal, you know, it's become like a little bit tense, right? Because I want her to eat everything and I want her to eat more than normal and I wanted to eat so much. And then I know she senses that from me. So I'm kind of like, I'm there with a the spoon and she wants to eat on her own. She doesn't want to be spoon fed. But of course, she can't eat, you know, like, I don't know. She normally likes to like curries and stews and soups. And like, there's a lot of things that she she doesn't know how to use a spoon on her own yet. So I need to help her for that to work. She can eat off a fork because like I can stab it <laughs> for her. But yeah, she can't eat things for the spoon. But she wants to do it on her own. And then it's like this struggle. Um, but I found myself now, you know, with this idea of like the, the all the time practice, right? The all day, every day practice. When you use yoga as a tool for whatever, whenever. I'll be in this tense space where I'm like, God damn it. Like, oh, can you just open your mouth, <laughs> eat it, swallow it, whatever we're eating, just eat more. Like, and I feel myself, this tension creeping up and I'll take a moment. I'll just close my eyes and I'll, cause I usually sit with my legs crossed. I'll uncross my legs. Okay. I'm going to do it right now. If you can do it with me, if you're sitting down, wherever you're sitting, just uncross your legs, ground both feet on the floor. And then put some effort into it, like really press the soles of your feet down into the earth. Notice the four corners of each foot and how they're rooting down toward not just the floor or the carpet or whatever is beneath your feet, but like down, down, down toward the core of the earth. Ground yourself. So I'll do that and then take a really deep breath. (laughs) Sort of how we start these podcasts. And after that first releasing breath, I'll just keep breathing through the nose, in and out of the nose, but keeping it really steady, really slow, feet firmly planted on the ground. And then all of a sudden, I'll notice how there's this shift between me and the baby, or maybe it's probably just me, but this like tension that I feel. It's like, okay, well, this is not the end of the world. Like, and I I start telling myself this kind of different story as to, oh my God, she has to eat all of this right now or she's going to starve, clearly that's not the case. I had a thousand people write me about, you know, the different cycles and how it's totally normal and babies will eat a lot and then less and, you know, all of this stuff. And I shouldn't worry that much, but just that softening and that's practice too, right? I mean, that's that's yoga while I'm feeding my baby. It's using this tool of breath to come back here. And usually what happens when I get into that space, I'm not in my mind with this idea of like, oh, she has to eat more, but I just come back to my body and I breathe and I'm just here with her, is that she will relax and she will eat. (laughs) Isn't it so interesting? Like, I think it's, it's absolutely so fascinating. She's like a tiny little mirror, a little reflection of all the stuff that I have going on around. So whenever I, you know, whatever challenges me with her, it's this huge thing that I have to work on within me. And it's so beautiful because she points this stuff out for me all day, every day. And whether or not you have kids, if you're, if you're a mom or a dad or, or not, it doesn't really matter because life happens around us and there's going to be people around you. That's why <laughs> relationships are so amazing. There's going to be people around you all day long pointing you toward these little parts, little things going on inside of you that you haven't figured out yet. And when you look at life this way, there's just, oh, it's, there's something so absolutely sacred there. What if that's what it is? Every time you feel challenged or triggered or tense in any relationship, and with me, I mean, yeah, I feel that when I'm feeding my baby. So it's like she's triggering me because I have this fear that I'm not a good enough mom or that I'm not adequate. What if something happens to her? What if she doesn't eat enough? All this tension, you know, which sits and it's there. And it wasn't like it was born in me as she was born. Like I had all of these feelings from way back. Like it's part of me. You know, that Wayne Dyer quote, um, If you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. I think I've shared that in one of the podcasts before. So whatever is in you doesn't really matter what the trigger is or what's happening on the outside. Because what comes out, like, it's yours, right? So it's your orange juice. So for me, when, like, tension comes out of me or I feel frustrated and tense because the baby won't eat. It's not like she is bringing me tension because she's not eating. It's because I have tension already. She's just a little trigger for me. She's pointing me in the direction of where my tension sits. So it's kind of like, it's this total blessing all the time, all the time. Because here I am walking through life thinking that I'm doing a great job. And, you know, it's easy to become a little bit like disillusioned about the fact that, oh, well, I'm a spiritual person. I work on myself. I do all these trainings and groups. And I meditate and I do yoga and I journal and I sit with my stuff and I feel my feelings, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, but there's, it never ends. <laughs> it's a never ending process. And just when you feel like you've uncovered like a little piece of something like, oh, I learned something major. You realize, oh, you you've just started. <laughs> like that was just the beginning of something, you know. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Since my baby girl and I are vegan, I'm always looking for healthy and delicious milk alternatives. And when I recently fell head over heels in love with a delicious oat milk latte, I knew I had to make this oat milk a staple in my diet. I am so happy to introduce to you Oatly. Oatly is the original oat milk company, developed and perfected in my home country of Sweden. And now Oatly is available in the United States for the first time ever. Finally. So what is oat milk anyways? It's a super sustainable vegan, plant-based milk alternative made from oats with no GMOs, no gluten, no added sugar, no gums, and no fillers. It's only filled with soluble fiber from oats, calcium, and vitamins. And yes, Oatly oat milk really does taste great, especially the chocolate oat milk. To find out more, go to oatly.com. That's o a t l y.com with no forward slash or code to worry about because Oatly doesn't track ads. Something I super resonate with completely. You might think that this makes them look clueless among their food industry peers, but I know they are a little oat milk company from the south of Sweden hoping they can help the entire food industry become more accountable for their actions. There are probably some food industry people laughing at them right now, but that's okay. Oatly did not expect the establishment to be happy when they made their own entire production chain completely transparent for everyone on the internet. It's true. At Oatly.com, you can read about every single ingredient that goes into their product as well as where each ingredient comes from. Because trust is earned through actions, not talk. However smart or clueless that sounds, one thing is for sure. It's true. So go to o a t l y. O-A-T-L-Y.com to find out more. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So if if we're able to sit with this and become really present with what's going on and not let this trigger take up too much attention or take up too much focus right? Then there's like something absolutely beautiful that can evolve within us every single day, every time we have any challenges in that way. And it's, it's a really hard, I mean, it's a really hard thing to do and a really hard thing to get back to because, and here's the thing, the people that we love the most, the people that we are the closest to, the people that are the most important to us are the ones that are going to trigger us the most because there is heart there right there's there's love there there's a relationship there Uh, and it can be really hard for us to distance ourselves from that um, the idea of the trigger versus with what's happening inside of us already and this is something that i see i mean in my marriage a lot a lot i'm gonna have dennis on the podcast i think next week we were thinking maybe (laughs) i was thinking he should start a podcast on his own And he's kind of positive toward this, but I think like, I don't know, he needs a little bit of support, a little bit of help to get there. But because his point of view, I mean, in everything, it's so different from mine. And it's so interesting to sit with and listen to. And he he brings me so many lessons and so much learning every day. But sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment and when things are super challenging, it's really hard to step out of that idea of a trigger. So I'm going to give you an example. And this is something that's literally playing out in this moment right now. Right now, uh, I was just thinking about this, uh, The palm I saw a palm reader when I was in LA a couple of weeks ago and the one thing she said or like the major, one major thing she said was, was I should be less public <laughs> with my thoughts, emotions and issues. Not taking that to heart at all. Um, but this is playing out right now and uh, so since we've started traveling and I share this a lot, like I have kind of struggled with the travel and then is thriving off of it and I've never seen him... So like he's shining throughout this trip, like everything we do, no matter what it is, like every day he wakes up and he's so fucking stoked wherever we are. Like he doesn't... He doesn't, he barely notices if there's like an issue or something that's hard. Like for me, it was really hard to, to, you know, to live in hotel rooms and like, or it's really dirty or, you know, we can't unpack or the baby hasn't like had proper food in like a long time, like stuff like that, like things that kind of bother me. Like he doesn't even notice them at all. And I'll point them out. I'm like, Hey, like it stresses me out because the baby hasn't had like a cooked meal, like for two days, like I want to sit down and she and he's like, what do you mean? Like, she had that then and she had a sandwich, you know, like an hour ago. And I'm like, no, but for me, that feeling of preparing a fully cooked meal, knowing that she ate it, like I'm nourishing her. Like, that's something that just brings me peace. Like, she hasn't had that because we're going from place to place and it's restaurants and it's hectic or whatever. And he just doesn't really have the ability to sit with, okay, why is this hard for me? Because for him, most of these things aren't hard. He's such, a, such an easygoing human being. And I so admire that. Like, I wish I had more of Dennis in my personality. Like, I really... Oh, Dennis, if you're listening to this, I, I, I don't mean it. <laughs> don't use it against me later, okay? Who <laughs> are we kidding? Dennis never listens to this podcast. But he really has this totally easygoing, grounded, down-to-earth, humble, laid-back personality And it's always that way, like really. He has this beautiful ability to to all the time focus on what's really good and what's working and never seeing the issues, sometimes to like, you know, a degree that's so intense that that like life gets really messy through it. And this is kind of where our balance is like the yin and yang comes together. Um, If it wasn't for me, like Dennis would live in his own filth. Like he, I mean, I kid you not, like in his core, he's like, he's sort of a hoarder, And when I say sort of like, he's totally a hoarder, super messy, super dirty, had never used like a vacuum or a mop in his life before we met. Like, you know, and and doesn't also doesn't realize when things get really dirty. Like it's yeah, he can be kind of (laughs) gross. That's just truth. And of course, this is part of how he grew up. And like, you know, we all have different, like, different things in our life that shapes us in this way. And for me, it's like, you know, it, when we met, he didn't even realize how much he appreciates a clean home, like a home where things are put away, where you can see the floor, like where your clothes are folded and you know, okay, my shirts go here, my socks go here, my... like that's, it's a really nice feeling. But if you've never had that, you don't know how nice it is. So when we started dating uh, and I, you know, I'm really, I'm not like a, like neat freak, crazy person, but I need things to be, clean and put away like I just for my mind to function I need peace in my surroundings and I think most people actually function that way it's just are we aware of it or not so I started you know cleaning a lot and putting things away and organizing stuff and he just realized how nice it is to have and also how much it frees stuff up from inside of you like there's a lot of energy that goes to I mean in his day I don't know how many hours a day he spends looking for stuff all the time like all the time and we had this argument this morning like I was going to record the podcast today. Um, and he had transferred like last week's podcast through, it's like a little chip that we use in this recorder. He transferred it from his computer. And then yesterday I saw the chip, it was like in the middle of the kitchen table. And I was like, Hey, uh, did, why did you put the podcast chip? It's like a tiny thing, like on this super messy table, like it's going to disappear. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 it's okay. That's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put it back in the device. I'm like, okay, cool. And then today, you know, I wake up and it's time to record the podcast. Of course, the chip is missing. And of course, he didn't put it away. But it's like this really, you know, the mess that he kind of made with the baby and she ate and there's like toys everywhere and stuff. And maybe she took the chip. Maybe she ate it. (laughs) Maybe she hit it on the carpet. Maybe it just fell on the floor and just went into this like, you know, the mess that Dennis and Luna create in a a day. And then for me, it's really triggering for me because I'm like, hey, I saw the chip on the table. I asked you, and I you know I could have put it in the device, but like, I want him to be accountable for putting important things in the right place, especially stuff that's important. Like, I need to record this podcast. I need this SD card, this little chip to be able to do that. Like, and this is an important thing for both of us. It's our business. It's our family. You know, like I'm trying to like coach him <laughs> a little bit instead of just doing everything all the time. Like if I, I could just clean the whole house, like every day, that would be fine. But I would rather we are two in this relationship and that like we do this stuff together. And of course the chip is gone. And then he's like annoyed. He's like, no, no, no. But I know I saw it too. Like I, I was going to put it away. I just, I forgot. And then he's looking and he's looking and he's like tearing the, the pillows and the cushions out of the couch. He's lifting the carpet. He's like looking in the bed everywhere. You know, the chip is gone. And then it's like this tension in the morning because I had I have like a really intense schedule. If things don't work, you know, then it doesn't work. Right. So then, okay. And then. He had to like leave and go to a store and see if he could find this SD card that fits our device. And then I was home with the baby and I'm trying to get ready while she's, you know, like it's just the whole morning was like, (laughs) but it all came from this very simple thing of like, let's just put stuff where it belongs. Right. And then what I'm trying to do right now is this, how can I communicate this in a way that actually really works? Like, how can we be two, not just in, in, you know, how we live our lives and what we build together, but in addressing each other's flaws, because that's a really important thing. And I think I'm starting to realize like it's a key to having longevity in a relationship. Like for this marriage to work long term, we can't just get pissed at each other and like freak out and, you know, get angry and become passive aggressive every time something doesn't work, right? We have to really sit with that how can we help each other? How can we support each other? So then I'm trying to ask, I'm like, hey, like, you know, because I had that moment where I was like, oh, like, why? Come on. And then he's like, it's okay, I'll, I'll get another one. And then he goes out. And of course, like, it's a lot of money. Like, how many of these chips have we bought? Oh, my God. <laughs> How many of them have we bought I don't know I really don't know like it's a waste of money and time and energy and all of that and he comes back and I'm like okay so I'm really thinking like how can I support Dennis like instead of being upset with him when he like when this stuff happens because it happens all the time and it's shoes it's keys it's mess it's just that's what it is how can I support him in this in a better way uh, rather than getting upset when things don't work so I'm like okay so what I did now is uh, we have like a little shelf in the corner and with little like drawers and stuff. And I cleared one out and this is a small apartment. I clear one out completely and like I put it on the table and I'm like, okay, then it's like, this is your drawer for all the things that you don't know where they go. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? Like everything that you don't know, like, you're like, I'm going to put that away later. Like whatever it is, if it's like keys, a hat, an SD card, your wallet, the baby's diaper, like whatever it is that you don't know where it goes in that moment. This is the box, right? And then once a day, like at the end of the day, together, like we'll sit with this box and we'll like decide where things go. Like, you know, and if you don't know what to do with something, like I'll help you. Because there's also like, you know, bills and receipts and like mess just accumulates all the time. And um, I don't know if this is going to work because this is not normally how we we do things at home. But I was going to, I was trying to think like, how can I how can I support this, this part, you know, of him? And then on the other way around, like it's, there's this other section of, okay, so we had this like kind of fight this morning about all of this. So what I was getting at is that he's so excited about traveling, like completely overjoyed and I haven't been. And one of the issues that we had, and this was kind of two, like not fights, but discussions that we had today was that he really wants to stay in Sweden. Like he would stay here. I don't know. Maybe I mean, he would move here. I think, I think honestly, he hasn't said it out loud, but maybe he wants to move to Sweden. I don't know. But he doesn't want to go back to Aruba. And we have a teacher training coming up at the end of June. And for me, it's really important that we get to go back to Aruba, not the day before 23 days of teacher training, but that we go back home with time to unpack and to land and stock the fridge and, you know, like get back into our routine of normal life. And then, you know, go into this super intense 23 day program. Like for me, that's really, really important. And for him, this like, yearning to be in Sweden to be here to keep traveling it's so big like it's so big and so strong that he doesn't see my side of the story at all like at all at all at all and this is kind of a con like it's been I don't know like we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks since we started traveling but I want to like get home at a normal time and he wants to stay a little bit longer but there's we can't just for some reason we can't see eye to eye here And it's been one of these kind of triggering parts in a relationship for me lately because every time this thing comes up and it comes up quite often because we need to book our flights, right? And the flights are going to disappear and then maybe we won't have Anything. Maybe we won't come back home. Like if we just don't book these flights ever. So for me, it's important that we book these flights so we can go back home. And every time I bring it up, like because we have to book them together and decide on a date, he gets so triggered by the fact that I want to go home, and I get really triggered by the fact that he doesn't want to go home. That we're kind of going in circles around this. Kind of. It sounds like a really small issue. Like why can't we just, you know, find a date that like compromise, like a middle date. And then go together and that's it. But for some reason, and I've really been sitting with this like for a while, like, what is it that's going on? And then I had that moment with this stupid SD card this morning where like, okay, I can't just get pissed at him every time he does something that fits perfectly with his personality. Because it's not like it's a surprise that the SD card is missing or that, you know, I come home after working and like the house is a giant mess. Like, it's not a surprise. Why do I you know why do i feel like i have to keep like saying something you know like ah oh, you know how can i instead of being triggered by something that doesn't fit for me like it doesn't work for me to live in filth okay but i chose to marry like a messy husband <laughs> very consciously like i knew that side of him i also I'm not going to say I love that side of him because yeah, I would love it if our house was a little bit cleaner, but that easygoing laid back side of him, which is what brings forth this messiness, like that's my favorite part about Dennis, right? So I would much rather have this, of course, than this like super structured, anal person who's like, oh no, like this is who Dennis is. And I love him for the person he is. So how can I support like change in our day to day if it's needed? Like maybe this box for random stuff, maybe it will work, (laughs) Maybe it won't. We'll see. I'll, I'll give you guys an update next week. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. No matter who you are, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day to stay healthy. Even my baby girl knows that. She tries so hard to brush all of her 12 little teeth on her own, but she still needs a little bit of help from her mom. Quip knows how important it is as well, and their team of dentists and designers are focused on helping you take care of your mouth in a better way. Quip has combined dentistry and design to make the perfect electric toothbrush. More than that, Quip eliminates all of those difficulties in keeping on top of your oral hygiene with a built-in timer to make sure you brush for the dentist, recommended two minutes, this toothbrush packs just the right amount of vibrations with guiding pulses alerting you when to switch sides. And Quip offers all of this and more at a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Quip is easily my most refreshing travel companion. No charger or wires means Quip is compact and light. Its wireless mirror mount declutters the bathroom and doubles as a travel cover as well. Brushing twice daily has never been easier at home or on the road. Quip also offers amazing subscription plans that are for your health, not just for your convenience. You are delivered new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. It's no wonder that Quip is loved by everyone. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and they are the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of thousands of happy brushers using Quip every single day. One of them could be you. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com/yogagirl right now you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com/yogagirl. Spelled g-e-t-q-u-i-p.com/yogagirl. <laughs> I was sitting with this now like okay so here's another issue like and that's the thing about relationships especially close ones it's not like we have one issue a year and then we work through that and then we're fine it's like we're living in this dynamic of being together and relating with each other all the time two completely different personalities and now we have a baby together and it's so fucking beautiful like it's the best thing (laughs) it's the most beautiful thing I have like my relationship with him it's It's the best thing. Like our family unit, it's the best thing, but it's also so challenging and saying that it's not and that we have this perfect relationship and we never fight like that would be a load of crap. So this morning I was thinking, how can I get to the root of like, there's clearly something really deep behind all of this. Like he doesn't want to leave Sweden. What is it? Right? what is it? And then I, I get really triggered because, hey, I don't think it's fair for me to like come home the day before a teacher training, jet lagged, and then dive into that. Like, that's not cool. You know, I and I really want him to see my side. Like, hey, I'm tired. It's been a really long trip. I want to come home and relax and land before going into this huge thing that we're doing. And he just won't see my side of it at all. And then today when I was really like, ah, oh, you know, actually it was actually it was that one like one child's post where it kind of clicked because I've been thinking about this now for the past weeks there's a reason he doesn't want to go <laughs> there's a reason that that is loves to be here right now and during the past couple of months there's been a few opportunities or for him, they sound like opportunities. For me, they're like a must-do thing that I, that I have to do. Where I've had little trips going somewhere, but he wasn't able to come because he was home with the baby. And I don't want to bring the, the baby along for like a crazy short trip. So he's been home. And I haven't really seen or I guess I haven't acknowledged it maybe as much as I should have. But every time I went on one of those trips, like I went to LA a few weeks ago, he's been really bummed out. Like he's been really, really bummed out. Like he's felt totally... I don't know. Maybe he's felt left out. He's been a little sad when I came back, when I shared something. And mostly for me, I mean, it's like a work thing and it's been hectic and it hasn't been like a vacation and great. But whenever I shared something like fun or when I saw like a mutual friend or or something, um, he's been like kind of quiet about it. And it's really clicked with me now. Like he fully thinks, like I I honestly think so. He, He thinks that like that side of our lives is just over. And maybe this trip that we have now in Sweden, like maybe it's like his last <laughs> independent space where he can just be traveling and do completely what he wants. There's something about that freedom of, you know, like, am I taking that freedom away from him? Or am I separating, separating, somehow he's become like too separate from from our family unit, also when it comes to business and work, because of the baby, like I, I don't know exactly what it is, because clearly, like it's a conversation that we have to have, but I'm not used to then as being so adamant about something, you know, like totally, mm, like that, like that's a big trigger for him. I am triggering him somehow, and because he is who he is, he's not great at communicating that, and like getting to the root of these things usually takes us a really long time, so. I start doing this like investigative work <laughs> to figure out like, hey, like, honey, what's happening in your heart? Like, why is this, like, it gets you really angry that I want to go to I want to go home. Like, it makes you really angry that I want to go home. Like, what is it? It's real. It's more than like, oh, I want to hang out with Patrick in Sweden. You know, like it's, there's something big there. And yeah, I'm still in this, in this process, but I really wanted to share it because the beauty of this stuff is when we do this type of work and we look at the triggers this way. And yeah, it's not going to happen in the moment. I wish this morning, yeah. The SD card is gone. I wish right in that exact moment, like immediately, I was like, oh, well, yeah, this is who my husband is. Like, I love you so much. Could you please go across the street and just buy a new one? (laughs) That would have been great. It wasn't that, you know, we had like 20 minutes of like, oh, I cannot believe this shit. Wasn't the SD card on the table just yesterday, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I do my whole spiel and then it's all figured out and then like we hug and like okay, okay, we do it now. And then now we have this little box of stuff. Maybe it's gonna work or not. But I would love for there for it to be this kind of instantaneous thing of ah, a trigger, ah, an understanding, and then we go about our day. That's it. But you know, we're all human beings, so it doesn't work that way. Usually we all need that lag time of understanding of things falling into place and things clicking for us before we arrive at the learning. And that's the important thing, arriving at the learning in the first place and seeing that, ah, whatever is triggering, like whatever is triggering me in his behavior here, it's about my stuff, right? Like, what is it about me that just completely requires, like, I need to have everything in order all the time. I need to know where all my stuff is. Like I have this very like serious, probably like challenging personality to live with. Like if you're not that type of person, it can't be easy for him (laughs) to keep track of all the stuff that I want us to keep track of every single day, you know? So whatever is there for me, instead of expecting him to change completely, like how can I either aid this thing that I want to happen in our relationship, like some more organization or or order, or how can I work maybe on, on letting go of that piece a little bit or becoming a little bit more laid back or softening or, you know. What can I do with my stuff? With my stuff. And here is like, I don't know. And I've, I'm in a in another sort of kind of big situation right now that I, c- I can't really share publicly, but with a person who just isn't willing to recognize any stuff as her own. Like no emotions, you know. And there's lots of people like that in the world who will deflect anything. So anything that comes our way is like, oh, I can't believe that happened to me. And, you know, They make themselves a victim in a situation instead of standing up and taking responsibility for, okay, what is my stuff here? What's my shit? And what can I do to work on my stuff, right? Because if we continuously look for other people to blame for everything, I mean, and I could have this story play out in my life, like every day, like, oh my God, nothing in my life works because my husband is so messy and I don't know where anything is and da, 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 da. And if I would blame him for everything that just doesn't work in my life, yeah, we wouldn't have a very happy marriage. Like there's no way our relationship would last, right? They can be that space of messiness and where we fight and argue. And of course, the same stuff goes for him. Like, and I like to believe that he's in the process now of like, okay, it's going to click that, yeah, like Rachel's tired, you know, like Rachel works really hard. (laughs) Rachel wants to go home and like take a bath before her teacher training. Like we'll find a compromise. Like I'm a hundred percent sure, but that click has to happen on his end also, you know? So like, what is his stuff and his work? Because of course he's not a perfect person and nor am I. So I think what I want to really point toward is, how can we look for this gold? Like, because it is gold, right? And even the person like that I was talking to just a sec, about a second ago, like being with someone who won't take responsibility for their own emotions or for their own stuff, like that's a trigger for me. (laughs) Why is that a trigger for me? You know, what's, what's behind this? Like, why does this bother me? Like, hey, like, own your shit. Like if you're, if you're angry, like, own your anger being be angry like if something happens to you like own it and then move through it and work with it and then grow from it don't sit there and be a victim for everything that comes your way we're not going to go anywhere but when we're in this place of victimhood it's really hard to step out and see the world for what it is when we're in i think when we're used to putting blame on everything else like life happens to us instead of it happening for us It's super challenging to see another perspective of, okay, even challenging stuff, like even hard relationships, even heavy stuff, like difficult shit. I mean, what if it's all here for me? Like, what if it's all here for me to grow? And I think the most, I guess the, not the easiest, it's, it's it's equally the hardest relationship I have and the easiest relationship I have in my whole life is with my baby because the love I feel for her is so massive. It's so unconditional. She's a tiny baby. You know, she's free from fault and flaw and she's just perfect in every single way. And so much in me, like all the fear I've had for, of everything, <laughs> all the fear that I've had, like stuck in my body of everything, like of death, of pain of her feeling pain of any sort, of me not being good enough. Like all the fear, all the pain, everything that's been in me since I was little because of all the shit that's come my way throughout my life. Like through just existing this tiny little, perfect little baby. She's like pulling at all that shit (laughs) all day long, every day, (laughs) totally, totally every day. And because she's perfect, right? I mean, she's a child, she's perfect. I'm not going to turn that around and be like, God, don't act that way. Like that's hard for me. Don't stand up and shriek in the middle of the restaurant so everybody turns around and stares at us. Stop that. You know, she doesn't understand. She's a year old. She's going to shriek if she wants to shriek. You know, what I can decide in that moment is, okay, can I take a deep breath? Like, can I be calm in me no matter of the crazy like sometimes like she can create chaos this little girl she's so fucking determined it's amazing like can I find my own footing and then act from that place so yeah I could get super triggered and like oh like you know get angry or like pull her off a table if she's standing somewhere and like and make it a thing which would be super shitty for her and like not a fun way to grow up I could anchor back in my body. I can use the tools that are available for me, like breath, like grounding, like a mantra. Oh, my God. Sometimes I repeat the simplest shit. (laughs) All is well. All is well. All is well. And then I'll have to like go into the forest and like scream a little bit or shake or like go to practice and like run, you know, get that energy out of your system somehow. It's really important. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Ladies, we all know what it's like to spend an evening adjusting and pulling at a really uncomfortable bra. That's why I stopped wearing them for many years. The discomfort just wasn't worth it. Well, thankfully, I found a bra that I look and feel amazing in from a company that focuses on realistic fit and comfort for women. That company is called Third Love. Made by women, for women, Third Love took millions of real women's measurements and sparked a bra revolution. Made with ultra-soft smoothing fabrics, lightweight memory foam cups, strap that don't slip, and tagless labels to avoid itching, I can guarantee the perfect bra is out there. While most old-school brands only carry 15 sizes, Third Love offers an incredible 60 sizes from AA through G, including exclusive half-cup sizes. Shoes have half-sizes, so why not bras? Third Love saw the need and invented them. It just makes sense. 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes. When it comes to a perfect fit, size and shape are both important. So Third Lab helps you identify your breast shape to find styles that fit your body. Take their Fit Finder quiz right now. You're less than one minute away and a few simple questions from effortless comfort. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone, and right now they're offering all my listeners 15% off of your first order. Try a Third Love bra today and you might even forget you're wearing it. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. So, go to thirdlove.com/heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/heart for 15% off today. whatever you have to do right or it's one child's pose that one time in between meetings like bring yourself back to your body because once we're here we know what to do like that answer it's already there and I can be a completely different mom for her you know because like it happens (laughs) like these days I don't know what it is someone told me that she's she's starting to learn like she's playing with boundaries she's starting to figure out what a boundary is so for instance this today uh, she put her hand in the water bowl in Ringo's in the dog's water bowl like All the way in there, like her whole arm got wet. And then I'm like, I squat down, I sit down, and pull her arm out of the water bowl. And I say, "No, honey, we don't do that. That's Ringo's bowl. You'll get wet." Like I just calmly explain. And then she looks at me, like really, like stares me down. And then she takes her hand and she sticks it in the food bowl, (laughs) like so consciously, right? She sticks her hand in a food bowl and she grabs like a fistful of food and like. but very, very, like, she's very present with me the whole time. It's sort of like, she's like, oh, I can't do that. Well, how about this? And then she like does it, you know, a similar thing right away. Or we're, we'll, we're eating and she takes the fork and she's like banging the fork super loud at the table. And I'm like, honey, you know, that's really loud. Like, give me the fork here. Like, you can play with this instead. And then she looks at me and then she takes the spoon and instead she like bangs with the spoon, you know, she's, Totally testing me all the time, right? All the time. So whenever we have one of those moments, like, yeah, she stands up at a restaurant and she just shrieks. Her reaction in that moment, whatever comes next, it's completely dependent on where I am at. And that's like... (sighs) <sighs> super hard. I mean, it's super hard, but it's also the most beautiful thing because I have two choices there. I can react. Maybe I can look at that situation from like, oh, all these people are staring at us. It's embarrassing. They're thinking I can't control my child. They're thinking, oh my God, she's making a mess. It's dirty. Like, oh, she's making a scene. People are trying to eat and you know, whatever. Like it might, all these things could go through my mind and I could react from that place of like outside place, you know, that ego, that, oh, Don't act that way. But she's a child. Like, what does that mean? Don't act that way. Like, she's a baby. She's going to act the way she organically wants to act. Like, it's just a part of her. She's figuring out what it means to live and to work with these dynamics around her. Like, all of this is brand new. And this is where parenting is so interesting. So if I can just be in my body in that moment, take a breath, like, there is a way for me to calmly, like, really calmly, but still assertively tell her no, right? And then direct her attention somewhere else right or if it requires me like you know taking her outside or something i can do that without anger i can do that without complete frustration without without it being a trigger right just being present with her or if she has a tantrum i mean there's tantrums coming now left and right like no matter what happens like uh, she likes to go into into people's purses like at restaurants or in a grocery store or whatever and just take something that isn't hers like of course i cannot accept that like it's not like i'm gonna have this like baby gone wild do whatever you want for the rest of your life no of course like there's We have boundaries and we say no and all that stuff, but how I react and how I communicate that is everything. And I'm really starting to realize that now as she grows older, I can sit down and calmly explain, hey, that's that lady's purse. You know, like mommy has her purse over here. Do you want to go play with mommy's purse? Come, let's go. And maybe no matter how calmly I say it, she'll throw herself on the ground and she screams and it's like, the world has ended. (laughs) You know, but I know, like really, if I just keep my calm, five seconds later, like everything is different and you find something else to look at and it's enjoyable and it's funny and, you know, and then that moment is gone. And I'm kind of thinking that maybe Leia Luna's way of like living in the world, like maybe that way is actually the better way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering if, you know, how much time we spend as adults in our day-to-day sort of faking it a little bit. Like how often do we swallow our emotions? We, we're quiet when we want to scream. We take our emotions. We just swallow everything. We internalize it. We don't speak our minds. You know, there are moments, hell yeah, there are moments where I feel like I want to throw a tantrum in the grocery store, <laughs> but I'm an adult, right? So I don't, I really don't. I just, I stand there in line and no matter what's happening in my life, like I just stand there. <laughs> like and I'm just thinking, what if, what if it was slightly more socially acceptable to just let your inner child take up more space? What would this world look like? I mean, truly, truly, truly. And this is a lot of this we do in our teacher training. Like we do meditations that are all about acting emotions out, which is the scariest thing. People absolutely hate it in the beginning. It's super awkward. It's really weird. It's scary. It's what is going on. People are yelling, people are screaming, people crying. But it becomes this addictive thing because once we start acting out, like once we allow, because we still, we, we want to throw those tantrums. Like we're all kind of babies walking around just in differently shaped bodies, right? We all want to act stuff out. We want to speak our minds. We want to release this energy, but we don't have any space. So we can choose to, yeah, I can throw that tantrum in the grocery store, <laughs> Or I can go home and I can find a really constructive way to release that energy, whether it's through meditation, through shaking, through screaming, through dancing, through calling a friend, to crying, venting, ah, whatever. But I can do it in a conscious way and I can do it on my own without hurting anybody, without triggering someone else, without making anyone feel shitty, without belittling anyone, you know, and without creating a massive scene. Like there's ways for that. And I'm just, I'm I'm learning so much. (laughs) This 14-month-old this baby is is just, she's such a teacher. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. So that's where I am at. <laughs> and it's it's really mm, these relationships and how we choose to react or just act from what comes up. And how we have that conscious decision to, okay, this is mine and I can own it. And what happens within my, my energetic space, it's my responsibility, 100%. And I've decided, like, I want to be the mom that can sit with my daughter and her emotions no matter what happens. Like, I don't want to feel embarrassed because she's screaming. I don't want to yank her out of her experience because it doesn't fit whatever society has told us is right or wrong, right? I want her to be who she is and act that out because I would love for her to grow up and be free. (laughs) I would love for me to grow up and be free, (laughs) Like when I grow up, I want to be free. I wanna, I want to be free to act and be and speak and and just be who I'm meant to be, the way I want to be in that moment. Like I don't want to be constrained by all these ideas of what's what should and should not happen or what should and should not be in this world. Uh, I just, I get goosebumps sharing that. Like there's, oh, God. <laughs> if any day I would like take all of my clothes off and run naked through a park (laughs) or a crowded street like that would probably be right now. It would be me and Lea Luna (laughs) holding hands, stark naked, just running down the road. Like that's 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 sort of what I'm what I'm yearning for. More of that just primal real moment here now. Can you sense this energy? I'm I'm just I love this energy so, so 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 much. And I'm so grateful for this for my child's pose a second ago I'm grateful for this podcast that I can speak and vent and share and I'm grateful for this this entire life of teaching right if we look at everything that comes our way as a teacher or a trigger like we have that choice all the time I'm going to let this teach me instead of trigger me and if we let teachings come our way we're going to change ourselves and that's going to change the world boom that's it (laughs) that's today's podcast um if i've inspired anything in you i would love for you to right now go act an emotion out whatever that is like go throw a Lealuna luna tantrum in your living room um and you can do this like through art as well i find like get a big sheet of paper and crayons and just go go ballistic and nuts or like hop in your bed and punch the shit out of out of a pillow like go do a handstand go scream go shake go do something go laugh like go dance go. Mm move your body, act some shit out and, and bring forth your inner one-year-old. Let's all, let's go do it. Um, I have my mat out already. I'm going to go dance right now. Um, loving you, holding you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Oatly, Quip, and Third Love. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.